Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. If you're one of my three uh, listeners, welcome. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, climate collapse and what I think we should be doing. I've been an engineer my whole life, 50 plus years. Not my life, my career. Oh, didn't make me an expert or wiser, but I have some opinions and I like to share them. And I thank you for dropping by. I'm sitting out on my porch in Elkton, Maryland. Just put on some mosquitoes spray and got some in my eyes and my arms are itching from mosquitoes biting me, but I'm going to try to concentrate on what I've got to say here. Well, first, just the idea of climate collapse instead of climate change. Uh, I think we're seeing a slow deterioration of the world we're living in, and it's probably building up speed. You know, there's a lot of things you can go on the internet and find, and I think as single individuals, it's pretty hard to put it all together. You know, you can see the ice cap on Greenland is shrinking about three millimeters a year. It's putting a lot of water into the ocean. The ocean's expanding. Um, well, the water level, ocean sea level is like rising three millimeters a year. And something like 250 billion tons per year of ice is melting off of Greenland. That sounds like a lot. It's apparently about a, a third of the water, the level increase in the ocean is from Greenland melting, or the ice on Greenland melting. And we heard last year was a, last June was the hottest June on record in 140 years, and July is on track to be another scorcher. Well. There's people that are, you know, documenting all the changes, and I, I'm inclined to believe, that, you know, most of the the climate gurus are correct, um, and that they're good people. They're good people. They're doing their job the best they know how, and they're trying to warn us. Is there a chance they could be wrong? Yeah, I, I'm inclined to think that they're right, and time will prove that. But even if there's a, you know, only a 60% chance they're right, um, I think this is one of those things you can't wait to have conclusive evidence. You need, we, as a society, as the inhabitants of this planet, ought to move forward and start thinking about, you know, what, what are we, what's the plan? Uh, it's also real clear that climate collapse is going to hit the poor people and people that live in kind of marginal areas like, you know, drought-prone Africa um, and just poor people in general more than it's going to hit the rest of us. Uh, we're going to adapt. We're going to apply technology. Things are going to cost more, but we've got the money to spend. 
but here's uh, what I think we ought to be thinking about. We ought to be spending massive amounts of R&D and whether we spend that directly out of our budget or we incentivize companies to do the research and reward them with taxes. Um, I mean, there's a lot of ways to get the, the resources if we think it's important. But I'd, I'd start off um, trying to incentivize making renewable energy more efficient. Because it doesn't have to get much more efficient um, to start pushing out. It's already pushed out coal. Uh, solar's already cheaper, cheaper than coal in most cases. Um, and it's competitive with probably everything but natural gas at the moment. It depends a lot on location. You know, that's for both wind and solar. But, you know, a few more percent in efficiency, it, it, and we're not talking about big changes, will make a huge financial difference in cost of manufacturing. Plus, uh, we haven't really thought about designing a system that runs in more renewable. First thing that comes up is we need a grid that moves power from where it is to where it's needed. Um, and we need a grid that responds to quick changes in power output of a solar cell or of a windmill and is able to respond. And we need ways of storing that energy. The most obvious one is batteries, but it's certainly not the only one. Um, you can take two reservoirs, one that's higher than the other, and in the daytime pump, you know, power pump water uphill and in the nighttime you let the water run downhill and you run it through a turbine and make electricity you can do the same thing with the underground caverns you can pressurize them during the daytime with a compressor that runs on solar power or wind power and then in the nighttime uh, run it the other way and generate power through a through a turbine. And a lot of these are, you know, these kind of large-scale energy storage are big engineering projects with potentially large economies of scale. Well, those don't happen just because somebody sits on their front porch in Maryland and thinks about it. There's a lot of engineering design that could go into something like this, which falls under the general category of we need to be spending a lot of money right now trying to plan and think about the world that we're fixing to move into. Um, and you can transfer that over to um, transportation, electric cars, maybe. But what about, you know, electric cars that couple to other cars uh, on the freeway and go in as a train and then break apart, you know, magnetic bumpers? Uh, if they're autonomous, that's even easier. 
uh, the whole, you know, rethink people owning cars. Put the Uber model and uh, autonomous vehicles into the equation. Anyway, to envision this new world we're moving to takes some imagination and it needs to be followed up with some hard engineering modeling um, and what-ifs. Um, and we, we're actually pretty damn good at that in this country. Engineering companies do it all of the time. It's just a matter of, you know, defining the missions of what we want to accomplish, kind of where we want to go. So what I'm asking America to do is develop like a, you know, a 10-year plan, kind of like we said we're going to the moon before we knew how to do it. Well, let's say um, we're going to 50% renewables in 10 years. I don't know. Well, that sounds a little crazy, but I don't think it's actually impossible. And I think if we did it with commitment, um, spent about the first year or two, three years, I don't know what the right number is, coming up with this master plan and looking at the holes of what we need to do, uh, start assuming we're going to fill the holes and start designing around this big master plan. Um, that's something this nation is capable of. It would also put more people to work, all those people that are uh, on the sidelines of our economy that are not counted as unemployed. But there's a whole pool of people, and there's a lot of other people wanting to get in here, but we can also start educating people where they can fill the new roles and start training people to be the, you know, the technicians. Um... You know, we have to break completely out of our thought patterns, like solar panels on top of people's houses. I'm pretty sure that's a, not going to hold up. It might be there, you know, for a few rich people, but that's not the labor and the maintenance of that approach. I can't believe it's going to win out over having a, you know, large farms of solar panels. Uh, you just need to pump that power into the grid it doesn't need to be sitting on top of your house because uh, that also gives you all the you know local hardware to go from from dc generated by the solar panel to ac same thing with the windmills so what i'd like to see us do on this you know climate collapse is certainly look at the technology. But also, I think, kind of a broader look at our world and see, you know, what what we're destroying. Um, you know, my, my kids are probably going to be alive to see tigers and elephants and giraffes and many other ma marvelous creatures eliminated from this planet. And it's, it's all kind of part of the same problem or same challenge that we have. And that's to live on this earth sustainably and not, not do damage. I mean, respect life itself. That's what we're talking about.
Um, all the life around us is precious. Um, it kills me to think, you know, how much life we're destroying to keep ourselves going and probably doing it in a way that uh, it's not good for even humans. Because I think we're all in this together and we got to take care of each other. We're just one animal on this planet. And I think we need to start developing a plan for climate collapse which recognizes that the environment we live in is precious and everything that lives in it is precious from the bugs in the soil to the songbird you can hear singing in the background perhaps to the elephant that's being killed for his tusk in Africa and the trophy giraffe that's in somebody's house giraffe head I, you know, and I even think all the, you know, a lot of the drug problems and anxiety and drug wars and uh, murder and killing in this country is all kind of comes back to fundamental lack of respect and love for life itself. Uh, life's pretty precious and the people around us that are alive are pretty precious even the ones that are struggling, even the ones that don't have a good education and grow up poor and are in a slum and have crappy lives, they're all precious and such a waste that we don't take care of life on this planet, including fellow humans and homeless and, I don't know, you can go on forever. But it's all about having a respect for life and a love of life and just saying God <laughs> this is the only place we got and this life is pretty damn important mine and yours anyway this is the ancient Texan getting a little sentimental have a good one namaste namaste